The opinions expressed on this show are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily represent those of Funeral Radio's management or sponsors. Hi, this is Robin Heppel, and I hope you're enjoying all the great information from Funeral Radio. I have been helping funeral homes get more calls and increase their averages for the past decade, and we have achieved this by helping their websites rank higher, making their Google ads perform better, and increasing their online reputation. As a listener to Funeral Radio, I would like to offer you a free Google and online market analysis for your funeral home. To claim this, go to funeralfutures.com forward slash funeral radio audit. Thanks for listening. This is Robin Heppel. Welcome to the Green Burial Radio Program, a show preparing your funeral home for the growing number of families wanting more eco-friendly funeral services. Brought to you by Funeral Radio. And now your hosts, Joe Seahe and Sherry Wolf. Well, welcome to another edition of the Green Burial Radio Program. My name is Joe Seahe, and I'm here today with Charles Street from Nature's End Balm in the UK. Welcome to the show, Charles. Uh, Joe, thank you very much, and um, I'm delighted to have been asked to, to take part. Well, this is a great topic because there's so much um, confusion around how embalming is, is to be used within the context of, of green funeral service. Uh, and before we launch into it, tell us a little bit about your product and what its eco-friendly benefits are. Uh, Natural Enzbomb has been around for, for over 10 years um, and uh, was originally launched as uh, Arbon. I've been involved with it for now just over a year um, as Natural Enzbomb. The product is PVP iodine based um, and, is, and the other main ingredient is water. It's an alternative to formaldehyde. It is not a replacement. In uh, discussions uh, through LinkedIn and elsewhere, we have, and people who have used it, we have established that it's, it's ideal for uh, 7 to 10 days and it produces um, an excellent uh, presentation of the deceased. But it is not a replacement for formaldehyde, which... Uh, being uh, obviously uh, considerably more toxic, um, or absolutely toxic, um, is um, is the industry standard. And um, uh, I, I understand from talking to embalmers uh, themselves that um, between uh, 50 and 70% of cases could be carried out uh, by using natural balm as, a, as opposed to formaldehyde. Well, and of course, in m- most countries of the world, embalming isn't really done at all in any significant way. So we know we can, we can do body preparation w- without it, but it sounds like it, it, it provides obviously some benefits in terms of protecting worker health. What about its impact on the ecosystem? So I understand iodine isn't actually fully biodegradable. Is that correct? Well, it's it's naturally occurring in seaweed, um, uh, and it's you know basically it's it's around us. It it can't break down absolutely because it is there. It right. is a uh, one of the constituent parts of seaweed. Uh, what PVP iodine is is 
industrially created iodine, but iodine itself is, is the same content that you have in pink ointment. Um, I don't know if you have that in the States, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a brand of uh, cream for, for, you know, cuts and grazes. Correct. We, we certainly do. Well, you know, there's a number of products that have been coming on the market over the last couple of years that have been touting themselves as eco-friendly or green. And it's, it's been concerning me because no one really knows about what is exactly in these products. And I just don't understand how funeral directors can be made to feel comfortable um, knowing that there's so much greenwashing going on in the world today. And, and, and yet they sort of have to take the manufacturer at, 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 at their word that this product is really uh, low VOC or non-toxic or whatever, whatever it is. Do you see an issue or a problem for, for this, this new niche uh, when there is uh, so much confusion around what is actually in these fluids? Uh, yes, um, it, 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 it is a problem um, in so much that it, uh, whilst, you know, I'm sure that they're all better for the environment, or most of them are better for the environment than the, the industry standard, the, the problem you have is that um, all of this is based on, you know, ultimately on perception. And if people cannot understand and perceive that there is a benefit to the embalmer and to, to society at large, then, then the lack of um, uh, openness is, um, is actually is, is very damaging. Yeah, it, I just don't understand how consumers will ever be able to move past the skepticism that they're told these days they ought to have. You know, the Federal Trade Commission in the States redid their green guide and they we did a webinar with the FTC and they were talking about they had a consultant that was working with them. It says it may be 70 percent of eco-friendly green natural representations out there in every field that are either empty or misleading. So for consumers today, you know, they really need to be able to transcend the skepticism uh, if they're going to make a, a, a choice that, that, that's good for the planet. Uh, and I just don't know how this is, is going to happen. <laughs> I'm really concerned that the field of funeral service doesn't quite understand the value, for example, of verifiable standards and, and the role of a trust provider like the Green Barrel Council. But also, you know, it concerns me that they're reliant on these representations from manufacturers that they in turn are passing along to consumers, but without really being able to know what's in those product, pro, uh, products. It seems, um, seems very risky to me. Um, absolutely. Um, but the, the, the catch 22 is that, um, uh, all of these green products or so-called green products, um, if they are, you know, if they have um, a selection of non-toxic um, ingredients and they do work, then um, they're, they're all produced by niche or, or, or small companies. Mm -hmm. And if they were to, to go up against 
um, established you know, established companies in the industry, there is there there is no protection for what they're doing. Um, and you know, people talk about patents and all of these things. Um, unfortunately, um, uh, a small company does not have the financial resources to, to defend itself and its products. Right. And and therefore, the, the catch twenty two is, um, you know, it's it would be fantastic to be open, but you know, there are there are genuine products out there, and I and. And as in the way of the world, there are also going to be charlatans. And how do and, we how do we help funeral directors distinguish between the two? How how is that to be done? Well, I think um, uh, uh, either no, no, to, certainly to get past the the the, the um, need for openness is, and and this creates a problem, a trust problem, as well. Is is to, is to be able to hand that knowledge for on to someone who can um, uh, who can make a judgment based on established rules um, uh, that that product that is being supplied is actually green or you know green enough for the purposes um, it's better than than what's out there and do you have any suggestions for such an entity I mean, is it a governmental entity or a non-profit? Who do you think should take on that role? Um, I, 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 to say I don't care would be wrong. I, to, it's an organization that is established and has trust. It can be uh, a government organization um, or a, a non-profit, uh, but something that, that has... Uh, been in existence for a period of time and engenders trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, certainly in the short term, you know, that, that organisation will, will have to have the strength of character and honesty to be able to vouch for these niche products. And it's challenging work I have to say, because I having been involved with the trust provider, like the Green Burial Council, I know how difficult this work can be, and um, and 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 really, you know, to analyze a material safety data sheet, for example, takes some doing. Um, it's not something that anyone walks off the street can um, can take on, and you know, this is the problem I see in general that I'm just. I guess I'm getting skeptical about how our green economy globally is going to emerge if we don't have a way of verifying claims. I mean, because I just think there's the potential for consumers to get more and more skeptical. And in this case, what I'm seeing in this green burial field is people, you know, avoiding embalming because they don't understand it and, and, and just not wanting it. Whereas this you know the the eco friendly products which really are are i think first and foremost are there to protect worker health um may may be embraced by the industry just cuz it really makes sense and reduces liability um but it may it, it i think it remains to be seen as to whether or not it's actually going to play a role within this emerging uh green barrel movement has, in the UK, for example, at natural burial grounds, 
how many bodies do get embalmed and get embalmed with eco-friendly uh, fluids or are or for the most part in the UK do you know are the are the, are the decedents just not embalmed at all before they're interred um, you know, I haven't spoken to, to every embalmer or, or funeral home in the UK, but uh, all of those who I have who uh, deal with screen barrels, um, they don't. So if it's a screen barrel in the UK, uh, they, they don't allow embalming. And there is a trend amongst uh, new and emerging um, uh, funeral directors to not to embalm at all unless necessary. And are they using nature as an embalm uh, in conjunction with, with natural burial over there? Has, um, has... No, they, they, they try not to use, you know, uh, all natural burials. Um, uh, uh, they uh, do not use embalming at all. Okay. And that's pretty much the way it is, I think, in, 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 in other Parts of the planet where this movement is catching on, although in, in the U- U.S., obviously, there have been cases where um, non-toxic fluids are allowed to be used. But again, there's some onus on the, the part of the cemetery operator to verify what fluids are there. And uh, at present time, there's only one product that has a fully disclosed material safety data sheet. Um, it'd be good, I think, if the industry could be convinced that it's... Um, there, you know, we have to be sensitive to trade secrets and intellectual property. I think people understand that, but there has to be someone looking under the hood to verify. Um, or I don't see how people are going to be made to feel, you know, confident about what these claims are. And I tell that to funeral directors all the time about products. For example, you know, there are all these caskets that are allegedly suitable for green burial, but people don't know oftentimes about the materials of construction and whether or not, you know, they, where that they come from, do they come from a sustainably harvested forest? They don't need to necessarily. Um, and you know, there's, there's greenwashing uh, going on with, with, with that field as well. Um, uh, certification of, of, of timber for sure, but with fluid, with stains and finishes and whether or not there's toxic chemicals in them, um, that is uh, that can be very confusing as well, and for the same reasons that we discussed, manufacturers are reluctant to, you know, talk about what's actually in some of these products. But I just foresee a day when it's a given that you're not going to be able to make a claim unless you can back it up, and you and and maybe that information does is a public record act uh, uh, information that goes to the consumer perhaps it is i think it's best when it is but at least there's a viable trust provider who's vetted the product i just i just don't see how it's gonna work out any other way but uh we'll we'll see there's there's you know right now as i mentioned the federal trade commission is 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 telling people consumers to be skeptical and, and cautious when they see these these representations about environmental aims um but how how do we, I threw it back to them, how do we move past the skepticism? How do we allow consumers to feel confident that they're making good decisions and that they're, you know, making environmentally responsible ones as they think they are? And I think we have to figure that out. And I think we need to figure it out pretty soon. 
Um, yes, um, you know, I was just uh, thinking there are, uh, I they don't come to mind, but there have been a number of uh, actually very thought-provoking films uh, uh, about um, trust, uh, uh, trust gate trusting the gatekeeper. So who, who watches over the, 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 the people who would do this? And, um, you know, that is, uh, you know, one of the, the problems that I, I, I can foresee in this is that we were asked to, you know, to, to trust an organization. But who is watching that organization? That's right. That's a really good point. And one of the um, things that, that, that it is, it, it's, a, it's a great, and how do we know that that organization doesn't get politicized? I mean, this is, how do we keep that organization on the straight and narrow? You know, who certifies the certifiers? It's a great point. And, you know, the, the Federal Trade Commission is talking about the need to have people, you know, standards set forth by people who know how to do that and a compliance program to be done on an ongoing basis. Um, and I can say it's challenging work and, and to make it economically viable, for sure. It's, it's very difficult work. What I've learned, at least in the States, is that government, governmental agencies don't really want to take on this work. I had envisioned that the work of the Green Barrel Council would be stopgap governance that would eventually be supplanted by governmental entities. But this work that we're talking about is not revenue neutral in, in, in public sector parlance. And no one really has the political uh, will to, to try to get governmental agencies taking on more responsibilities these days requiring more funding so it's a challenging time um, for sure but I think it's great that you guys have been able to, to restart the, uh, the company and are continuing to, uh, to get the industry engaged and uh, to start to ask you know, hard questions about um, embalming fluid and what it means today do you think the word <clears throat> embalming ought to be changed to something else since it has such a pejorative connotation for so many uh, funeral consumers? <coughs> it's, it's, a, uh, it's a great word. Um, and um, I've heard, you know, uh, sanitization and, um, you know, disinfecting. Um, but they are... I, I don't think that they, they, they explain what it, it does. They're not quite uh, accurate either, you know, in uh, this context. But, but, you know, one of the problems I've always had is that people, I think a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of uh, the public would be okay with what is called embalming, for example. Um, if they understood it, I think there's an aversion to the, what some folks perceive as invasiveness of the procedure and they feel that, you know, the, there's this bloodletting and, uh, they, they, you know, it's, it, it does ick some people out. And, and quite frankly, natural body prep and natural burial ick some people out, you know, and decomposition isn't a pretty subject. But I've always held that there would be more people open to embalming when it was, uh, when it could be done Topically, for example, and didn't require aspiration and didn't have to be used arterially only. Um, but but that's uh, and, and and you know historically embalming has been used as a balm as a as a an external uh, uh, 
chemical, uh, 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 oil, uh, botanical uh, fluid that that could help deodorize and help um, slow down decomposition, um, and 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 you know could be used to clean a, a body to to to, uh, to hate, slow that that process. But uh, it's it's interesting in in the context of natural burial, as you were saying in the UK that. It, it it sounds like the movement over there just doesn't really want to have anything to do with embalming, uh, at least arterial embalming at all. So you're seeing the product, at least in the UK market, really only appealing for people that want conventional funeral service, either want to provide it or or, or, or are seeking it. You're you're not thinking that it has a role in the natural burial movement in in the UK. Oh. Um- uh, undoubtedly, I think it, it has a role in the uh, natural burial, um, uh, you know, grounds here. But we, we then we come back to the the problem that we've discussed earlier, which is and, until we can have a hundred percent openness on the ingredients, then how how do you know natural burial grounds know what they're putting in their ground? That's right, um, and. Um, you know, then obviously that um, leads on to the problem again that we've discussed, which is that um, uh, there's a huge amount in not just this industry, but in any, any industry, you know, 50, 100 years ago we were talking in millions, now we're talking in billions, and potentially in, in some industries, trillions. And um, new products coming on the market will always displace existing products yeah. for which there is a, you know, a huge setup and, um, um, and an investment behind. But, but what's the risk of being more um, fully disclosed? For example, in your case, there could be another product that comes on the line that uses iodine, right? Uh, yes. Or some, I mean... And that would be entirely legal. They wouldn't have it at perhaps the, the ratio. I know there's other ingredients, but um, is there really a threat if you were to talk about what's in the product that it would be used? For example, I know there's a, another company in the States. There's only one that has a fully disclosed material safety data sheet, which they dec- disclosed four or five years ago. And there hasn't been another company uh, coming on the market to emulate it, and they certainly could line up. They explain exactly what's what's in the product. Do you really think it's a big fear um, that that someone might come in knowing what the the, the secret ingredients are and then compete with you? Um, yes, uh, at the moment, um, uh, not so much because um, uh, you know we're we're trying still trying to to build up a. A, a, a more environmental awareness of um, not only embalming products but any eco product in the world. But you know, there will come a time when people's consciousness that instead of having a small number of people who want to make the change, a large number of people want, want to make the change. And um, the moment that happens, what was a niche, you know, a quaint product suddenly actually becomes. Um, uh, financially an exciting form of revenue Mm -hmm. and the moment that happens uh, the people who've been watching in the background will go perfect I've got the next solution and 
and they, they can take it over and nothing can be stopped. You know, nothing can stop. But you're in, a, you're in a bit of a dilemma because you still need to be able to distinguish your product from products that may be hardly beneficial to, you know, protecting worker health. I mean, they, they in fact do to contain toxic chemicals. I know for a fact that there are products on the market that are that that contain levels of toxic chemicals. Uh, uh, and and I think it's really difficult for the poor funeral director to have to be put in the position of discerning what is really, you know, making sense from an environmental standpoint and what is just bogus. It's challenging work. And I certainly couldn't do it, the analysis myself. Um, But that's where we're at today. And, you know, the other problem is in this industry, we have uh, funeral directors who often have multi-generational relationships with their chemical companies and they want to believe them and they do believe them um, and they want to use certain products that they're used to using, but which makes it difficult, I suppose, has for new 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 products to come online. But it just seems like it's, it's really incumbent upon those new products to, uh, they have a, a greater burden to show that they're in fact effective. And in this case, truly environmentally friendly. Um, you've got a lot of work uh, cut out for you, and I know you're, you're spending a lot of time trying to engage the industry, and uh, I'm glad you were able to spend some time with us today, Charles, explaining your position and what the product is, is doing. Is there anything else that you think funeral directors ought to know about uh, natural embalming uh, and, and embalming fluids? As with any new product, it, it is it is it is indeed a slog, and and you know you have your up days and your your down days, and I have to say the number of um, random messages of support I've received from people in the industry saying, <laughs> you know, keep it up, um, we actually you know uh, what we think you're doing is 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 great, um, you know, really is uplifting, and so to all of those people who've who've um, uh, emailed me or emailed me from LinkedIn, I'd just like to say thank you. Well, that's, that's a great way to end the program. And Charles, thanks again for making the time to talk and, and best of luck in your endeavors and give my best to your brother when you see him. Um, I shall too. And uh, Joe, thank you very much. Take care.